Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying Podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. I hope all of you out there in the world are taking good care of yourselves and being safe during this pandemic. And I hope all of you out there are making good, smart, careful decisions. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Boston Celtics last week to win the NBA championship. They won their fourth championship in eight years. Steph Curry won his first NBA Finals MVP. Congratulations to Steph. Congratulations to Clay, Draymond, Steve Kerr, Joe Lacob, Bob Myers, and the entire Golden State Warriors organization. You all have earned it, and you've deserved it. And I was going to come on here today, and I was going to give you guys a rundown of Game 6, you know, quarter by quarter, you know, all the significant moments in the game that took place that led to the Warriors winning the championship. I, I'm not going to do all that. I'm not going to do that. But what I will do is I'm going to talk I'm going to talk to you guys about why I believe this fourth championship for the Warriors probably means more than the means more than the other three championships that they've won and why it's why it's going to be why the Warriors are going to be a major problem moving forward after winning this championship. So with, with with the Golden State Warriors, I mean, it, it's just it's just as simple as this. When I think of the Warriors, I think of egoless, selfless, and a winning culture. Those are, those are the three things that I think of when I think of the Golden State Warriors: egoless, selfless, and a winning culture. What do I mean when I say selfless? Steph Curry, yes, he was hurt, but Steph Curry, this is this is how this is how selfless and how egoless this dude is, which makes me appreciate him and love him even more than I watch him. At the beginning of the playoffs, he came off of the bench. I'm gonna say that one more time, Steph Curry. A M A M A multiple time NBA NBA MVP, a three time champion already, was selfless and egoless enough to say, you know what, coach, I'm hurt, I'm gonna come off the bench. To the point where it allowed Jordan Poole to play to show how good he really was and to play to the level of his capabilities, and then. Once Steph Curry got officially entered back into the starting lineup, Jordan Poole still continued to play to the level of his capabilities, even though he was coming off the even though Jordan Poole went back to coming off the bench after Steph officially came back from, from being injured and he was fully healthy. So that's number one. Steph Curry is he he that's that's what I think of when I think of the Warriors as far as Steph being selfless and egoless okay now let's go to the winning culture part okay they've the golden state warriors have had players like leandro barbosa anderson barajal david west andrew bogan david lee kevin durant andre Iguodala. They've had all of those guys, Festus Azili, Zaza Pachulia. 
They've had all of these guys come through this organization. Veterans. They've had all these veterans come through this organization and, 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 and leave with a championship. And play for an organization that only cares about winning. Yes, are numbers important? Obviously, yes, numbers are important. But to the Warriors, numbers aren't important. Numbers don't matter. Numbers do not matter to the, matter to the Golden State Warriors. They want to win. Steph Curry wants to win. Clay wants to win. Draymond wants to win. Steve Kerr wants to win. Which is why when they're able to, when they which is why that kind of culture Steph Curry creates that kind of culture. Klay Thompson helps create that kind of culture. Draymond Green is the heart and soul. He, he, he's the edge of that team. He helps create that kind of culture, which allows other guys to come in and to fit right in like all those veterans and, those, and that big-time free agent like Kevin Durant that I just mentioned. Which makes which makes watching them so much fun because when you have a winning culture, when you have a egoless, selfless player like Steph Curry, when you have an egoless, selfless player like Klay Thompson, when you have when you have the heart and soul of your team like Draymond Green, when you have all those guys and Steve Kerr, when you have all those guys and that and that head coach that creates that selfless, egoless winning culture. Then you bring veterans or big-time free agent in like Kevin Durant, and you continue to win. That just shows how great of an organization you are. So now, here's another thing about the Golden State Warriors that makes this championship, that makes this fourth title in eight years, even more, even more just gritty and just, just, it just means a lot more. As we all know, the Golden State Warriors, they won an NBA championship without Kevin Durant. They won a championship before Kevin Durant got there. They won two more when KD left. Then after KD left, had the worst record in the league the year after he left. Then the following year after that, what happened? They lost in the they lost in the play they lost in the play in tournament to Memphis. So two so at the end of the day, two years off, the dynasty was on pause. Or excuse me, the, 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 start of the, the start of the dynasty was on pause for Golden State. So then you come back. You've already proven that you can win without Kevin Durant winning a championship before he got there. You won a couple with him. You kind of fell off a little bit, had a little, kind of fell off a little bit, had some injuries. Clay Thompson tore his ACL, then tore his Achilles. Steph broke his hand. Draymond had a few nicks here and there. And you go from from winning winning championships to those injuries, to having the worst record in the league, to losing in the playing tournament, to now you you not even you you not so much don't have the most talented team in the league. But you have the most experienced team in the league because you've been there before. And you get back to the finals and you go up against a Boston Celtics team that has never been in this situation before. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, they've never been here before. But your experience outweighs Boston's talent. 
and you win the championship in six games. And you win a championship, you win another championship, but this time you win it after Kevin Durant leaves. So you go through the honeymoon phase of possibly being a dynasty. Then you go through a kind of a falling off period where the dynasty is on pause with injuries and things of that nature. Then you come back and you don't have the most talented team, but you have the most experienced team of guys who've been there before, who've done it. You get back to the finals. Steph plays well. Clay gets his rhythm back. Draymond plays, plays as well as he could possibly play. And you grit and you grind that championship out. And, and you win another title after Kevin Durant leaves. And that truly shows how good of a basketball team the Golden State Warriors are and how good of an organization that they are. And here's the scary part about the Warriors that makes this whole thing even worse for the rest of the league moving forward. They're going to be the favorites to win the championship next year. That's not that's not even a debate. That's not even a question. They're going to be in contention to win the championship next year. They're, in my opinion, they're the favorite. But what makes things even worse for for possibly the rest of the teams in the in the in the Western Conference is that either one or two things is going to happen. Either Golden State is going to possibly try to keep this group together. And Jonathan Kuminga and Moses Moody and Jordan Poole and James Wiseman are all going to be back next year. And they're going to try to run it back again with this group. Or they're going to try to tweak this roster a little bit. Add maybe a, a semi-veteran or two. And they may probably have, they probably may have to move a Jordan Poole. Because other teams may want him. They may they might have to move an Andrew Wiggins. But that's what makes this thing even harder. That's, that, that's what's going to make this thing even harder for teams in the Western Conference. That, that Golden State is going to be better next year. And they have just enough young talent. They have a they have a they have a young core in Kaminga and Poole and Wiseman and in Moody that they're not going to fall off one damn bit next year, next season. They're not. And the rest of the Western Conference is going to have to deal with that. Utah is probably going to get worse. Memphis is going to get better, but they're not going to be on Golden State's level. Phoenix, who knows what happened with DeAndre Ayton, and who knows what they'll probably have to do with their roster in order to get, in order to, get to the NBA Finals. Okay, the Lakers, we don't know what's going to happen with the Lakers. We just don't know. So and then you have teams like the Denver Nuggets with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray may not fully be back to being Jamal Murray until probably maybe the second half of next season. So with the Warriors, if you look at them realistically, they are the best team in the Western Conference and in the entire league right now. It's just that simple. And that's why I say they should they are going to be the favorites to win the NBA championship next year. Next up, I want to talk about the Boston Celtics. As we all know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, first year head coach MA Udoka made it to their first NBA finals together. Here's why I believe Boston's gonna gonna struggle to possibly get back to the finals next year. 
Milwaukee is going to be back next year. Chris Middleton's going to be fully healthy. So Milwaukee's going to be an issue for them. Philadelphia, they're going to possibly tweak their roster a little bit, possibly make a move or two. So Philadelphia is not going anywhere. Brooklyn, who knows what's going to take place with Kyrie, but Brooklyn's going to improve their roster. They're not going anywhere. And the Miami Heat, they're going to improve their roster. So they're not going anywhere. So that's Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Miami. That's four teams right there that Boston is going to have to deal with in the Eastern Conference to where as though they may not even get back to the they might they may not even get back to the Eastern Conference Finals next year. So forget the NBA finals. It's going to be it's going to be difficult enough for Boston to get back to the NBA finals. They're going to probably struggle even more to get back to to the Eastern Conference Finals because of those four teams that I just named that could very, very well that that, that could very, very much get better based off of the tweaks and the moves that, that they need to make moving forward. So this was their chance to get to the NBA Finals and win it this year. They got to the Finals, but they lost. This was their chance to win it. I'm not so sure that they get back there next year. I really I really don't know if they get back to the NBA Finals next year because of those, because of those four teams that I just named that could legitimately be a problem for, for the Boston Celtics moving forward. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why Bradley Beal has a golden opportunity to change his career positively with it, with his free agency free agency decision, and also why Kyrie's potential breakup with Brooklyn is not surprising. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I want to talk about Bradley Beal for a minute. I want to talk about Bradley Beal and why he has a golden opportunity to take his career into a upward trajectory that will benefit will benefit him for for a while. I watched an interview that he did with Taylor Rooks on Bleacher Report about a couple of weeks ago. It was a good interview. Shout out to Taylor Rooks. It was a it, it was a really good interview. And at one point during the interview, obviously, you know that Taylor was going to ask Bradley about his free agency decision. We knew it was coming. And Taylor asked Bradley at one point during the interview that if he had to pick two words to describe what his free agency decision would be as far as how it would go and what he would want to what he would want it to feel like the two words that he used were he he wanted his free agent free agency decision to have an impact and he wanted his, he wanted to be happy in other words he didn't want to look back on his free agency decision that he makes and look at it with regret so he wanted to be happy he wanted his free agency decision to be impactful and he wanted to not look back on the on the decision that he makes that he makes and look at it a couple of years from now and think you know what I think I I think I might I think I might regret making I think I might have regretted making that move but just recently according to 
Sports Illustrated, even though it's been reported all over the place. I found a Sports Sports Illustrated article. Bradley Beal has all has already made his decision as far as where he as far as what he was going to do as far as free agency goes. He just has not told anybody yet. Okay, this is according to an article from Sports Illustrated. Quote: On Saturday, Beal was asked was again asked about his his future plans during an appearance at a Beneker Recreation Center in D.C. for the unveiling of two refurbished basketball courts as a part of a ribbon of a ribbon cutting ceremony, also commemorating Juneteenth. Which, by the way, speaking of those two refurbished basketball courts, he actually talked about that in his interview with Taylor Rooks as well. The three-time All-Star said in an interview with the Athletic that he has made a decision on his playing future but declined to provide details out of respect for his current contract, a two-year $72 million pack he signed in 2019 with the Washington Wizards. Now, with Bradley Beal, as far as his free agency goes, okay, again, it's, it's clearly, it is clearly his right to make the decision that he wants to make. If he wants to stay in Washington, totally up to him. If he decides to leave, I will be so happy for him because he has earned that right to leave. And Wizards fans, don't turn into Cavaliers fans, please. Don't do it. Do not do it. Because Bradley Bill, Bradley Bill has given you guys eight to nine, ten good years of really, really good basketball. He's gotten you he's helped he's helped get you guys to the playoffs multiple times. You guys have gotten to the have gotten to the Eastern Conference semifinals with him. So don't be going burning the man's jersey. Or if he does decide to leave and he comes back and plays the Wizards in Washington, don't boo this man, please. Okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't be petty. Don't be pet. Don't be petty and ignorant. Okay? Don't do it because Bradley Bill hasn't he 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 hasn't earned he hasn't earned that from you guys at all. Okay? What he what he deserves from you guys if he were to leave is a standing ovation. But that's for just in case he decides to leave. Okay? Like I said before, he he can decide to stay if he wants to. If he does, I'm not mad at him. I'm totally not mad at him, but if he decides to leave, hey, I'm proud of you Bradley for make for making the, for making the right basketball decision for yourself. But all in all at the end of the day, if Bradley Beal does decide to leave, there are at least 6 teams. There are at least 6 teams I can clearly clearly see Bradley Beal going to. There are at least six teams I could clearly see Bradley Bill going to. Okay? Here are the six teams that I could see Bradley Bill going to. And a lot of these teams, a lot of people probably already know. Probably about maybe about four of these teams a lot of people already know about. Two teams that I have mentioned here, people probably really aren't thinking about, and it's something that you guys need to think about. So here are the six teams, and they're in no specific order. The Miami Heat. I would love for Bradley Bill to come to Miami. Y'all know I'm a Miami Heat fan. The Dallas Mavericks. 
I've wanted Brad. I've I've been saying Bradley Bill needs to go to the Dallas Mavericks for God knows how long. Next up, the Brooklyn Nets. Fourth is a team that I got. Uh, this is a team that a lot of you guys may not probably think about. Fourth team, the Chicago Bulls. Team number five, another team that you guys probably really aren't thinking about, the Boston Celtics. And team number six, which is what a lot, which is what I've heard a lot of in, in the media, things like that, the Philadelphia 76ers. So with that being said, with those six teams, I have rated all six of these teams from the least realistic free agency destination to the most realistic free agency destination. Six being the least realistic, number one being the most realistic. So Let's break this down really quickly. My number six and and most and, and, and least real my number six and least realistic free agency destination for Bradley Beal is the Boston Celtics. Why do I say the Boston Celtics? Because simply put, the Boston Celtics feel like okay, we've gotten to the NBA Finals with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum. We don't want to break that up, and if we have to break that up, we would probably have to give up Jalen Brown. In order to get Bradley Beal, we would probably have to give up a Jalen Brown and maybe even a Robert Williams in order to get Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal even said during his interview with Taylor Rooks that he that him and Jason Tatum are close. He was rooting for the Celtics in the NBA Finals. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Brad that the Boston Celtics may con- they 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 consider possibly bringing in Bradley Beal. They consider it, but if they do, they probably have to give up Jason, they probably have to give up Jalen Brown and or Robert Williams in order to do that, and I don't believe that Boston's going to do that. I believe they feel like, you know what? We got to the NBA Finals with this core group. I feel like if we just tweak the roster a little bit, we don't have to make a big move if we, if we tweak the roster a little bit, we can get back to the finals with this with this group. And Jason Brown, Jaden, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams next year. So Boston is the is the least realistic. Number five, the Chicago Bulls. I believe the Chicago Bulls are in the same boat as Boston. In order for Chicago to get Bradley Beal, what they what they would what will they probably have to do? They'll probably have to give up a Nikola Vucevic and a Kobe White via trade. Meaning, if you give those guys up. Then you'll then you'll probably end up losing some size with Nikola Vucevic. You'll probably end up losing a guy who can shoot who can who can shoot the three and come off the bench and get you get you ten to fifteen if you if he really needs you to. But if you get Bradley Bill, you pair Bradley Bill with DeMar DeRozan. Okay, now you're probably talking Eastern Conference semifinals ish or whatever the case may be. But in order in order for the Bulls to get Bradley Beal, they are pro- they're probably going to have to give up they will probably have to give up a Nikola Vucevic and a Kobe White and a couple of draft picks in order to get them. Next up the Brooklyn Nets. I say the Brooklyn Nets are is the third most it is the third least realistic because of the simple fact that we don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie Irving, who I'm going to talk about, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit. 
We don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons next year. So, and who's to say if Kyrie leaves, who's to say that Brooklyn is going to be able to possibly even fit Bradley Beal under their salary cap to begin with? And who's to say if Ky- if if Kyrie leaves, who's to say if who's to say if Kevin Durant wants to stay there anyway? So that's why I say Brooklyn is the third least realistic spot for me as far as Bradley Beal going going there as a free agency destination. Third, now we're getting into the top three most realistic teams as far as free agency for Bradley Beal. Number three. The Philadelphia 76ers. I bring up the Philadelphia 76ers for this reason. Okay? James Harden. If James Harden leaves, I could absolutely see Bradley Beal going to Philadelphia, taking James Harden's spot. And instead of Philadelphia giving Bradley Beal that possibly, it might be a three-year deal that they're probably going to give James Harden. Maybe because as we all know, there are reports out there that that the Philadelphia 76ers are possibly going to give James Harden a, a long term, a short term extension. And that's probably going to be in the range of maybe two to three years. But if James Harden decides to leave, I could totally see Bradley Beal going to Philadelphia, taking James Harden's spot. And instead of Philadelphia giving Bradley Bill that three-year extension, I could see them giving Bradley Bill that four-year $183 million, $83 million extension. I could totally see that. So if James leaves, Bradley comes in, takes James' spot. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't see how Bradley Bill ends up in Philadelphia with James Harden and with Joel Embiid. I just don't see that. My number two most realistic destination for Bradley Beal, the Miami Heat. And why do I say the Miami Heat? I say the Miami Heat for this specific reason. For the Miami Heat, and this is just like with this is just like with the Chicago Bulls. In order for Miami to get Bradley Beal, we would have to give up Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and a couple of draft picks. But at the end of the day, to me, that's worth it. Because if you give up Bradley, excuse me, if you give up Tyler Hero, if you give up Duncan Robinson and a couple of draft picks, you can easily go into the free agency pool and replace Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. You can replace those three-point shooters with veteran three-point shooters. So that's why I say Miami with Bradley Bill and Jimmy Butler and a few veteran three-point shooters with some size to go along with Dwayne Dedman and Bam Adebayo. That's why I say the Miami Heat are the second most realistic free agency destination for Bradley Beal this summer. And finally, the number one most realistic free agency destination for Bradley Beal in free agency this summer if he were to leave. And I've been saying this for the longest time, and I'm going to continue to say it until it happens. The number one free agency destination that's the most realistic for Bradley Beal the Dallas Mavericks. And why do I say the Dallas Mavericks? I've been saying the Dallas Mavericks since last year. And I say the Dallas Mavericks because of this simple fact. Bottom line is this. The Dallas Mavericks, Luka needs a running mate. 
and it was never more evident than during the regular season on third on a Thursday night when Dallas played Golden State at Golden State and Luka was sitting on the bench with ice packs on his knees and on his neck he just looked miserable and he just looked like a he he is literally a one man show and then if you go into the playoffs and you watch Luka against Golden State in the playoffs he was a one man show Luka it as far as the Dallas Mavericks go it is just Luka and a bunch of specialists. That's pretty much what it is. Just like Miami, Dallas and Miami are the same exact team. Jimmy Butler and a bunch of specialists, Luka and a bunch of specialists. Neither one of these guys have that second scorer to help them out. So that's why I say the Dallas Mavericks are the number one most realistic destination for me as far as Bradley Beal leaving and, and leaving and going to another team. So, again, here are my six teams from least realistic to most realistic. Celtics, number six. Bulls, number five. Nets, number four. Sixers, number three. Heat, number two. And Dallas, the number, uh, the number one most realistic destination for Bradley Beal via free agency if he were to leave. Next up, I want to talk about Kyrie Irving really, really quickly. And I want to talk about Kyrie Irving's potential breakup from the Brooklyn Nets and why it's not surprising. It's not su- Kyrie Irving possibly leaving Brooklyn is not surprising to me. It's really, really not surprising. And for me, I found an article from NBC Sports a report. Kyrie Irving and the Nets are at an impasse. The Lakers, the Knicks, and the Clippers are all interested. According to Shams Charania of The Athletic, multiple sources tell The Athletic that conversations about Kyrie Irving's future have gone stagnant between him and the Nets. An impasse currently exists among parties that clears the way uh, that clears the way, excuse me, for the seven-time All-Star to consider op- to consider the open marketplace, those sources said. The Lakers, Knicks, and Clippers are expected to be among the interested suitors if Irving heads elsewhere, multiple sources tell The Athletic. Irving has Irving has a $36 million player option for next season if he wants to stay in Brooklyn. So, bottom line is this. It's just as simple as this. I'm not surprised by this because Kyrie has done this before. He has been a headache for organizations before. He he got tired of being LeBron's shadow in Cleveland. Boston got tired of his stuff in Boston, so they so they and so he ended up he ended up leaving Boston. So Brooklyn getting tired of this is not surprising to me at all. It's really it's not it's really not surprising to me. I, and me personally, I said this to a couple of people about a year or two ago that eventually if this if this thing doesn't work out with KD and Kyrie, Brooklyn's not going to move on from from KD. They're going to end up trading Kyrie. I I said this a couple of years ago. Now, here's the domino effect with Brooklyn as far as this whole situation goes. Here's the domino effect. If Kyrie leaves, I'm telling you right now. And this is just my opinion. I'm not I don't have no sources or nothing like that. This is just my thought. If Kyrie leaves, 
I think there's a strong possibility that Kevin Durant wants out of Brooklyn and he demands a trade. And why do I say that? Kyrie leaves. Ben Simmons may not be Ben Simmons until probably, or he may not even play. Ben Simmons may not even play until probably the second half of next season. Who knows with Ben Simmons? And I don't think Kevin Durant would want to put up with that. Your teammate and Kyrie already left. Now you're dealing with an indifferent dude in Ben Simmons who's lazy and really don't want to put in the work. If I'm Kevin Durant, why would I want to stay in Brooklyn? So that's why I say this is a domino effect with Kyrie Irving and what his decision could possibly be. Kyrie leaves. I think Kevin Durant demands a trade and he leaves too, which means that would really put Brooklyn in a bad spot. Now, I could totally be wrong on all of this and... Brooklyn could pull off a big-time trade with the, with the Lakers and Anthony Davis. Who knows? Brooklyn may end up possibly getting a Bradley Beal. Who knows? I'm just saying that this situation with the Brooklyn Nets and Kyrie Irving is not surprising to me because Brooklyn, because Kyrie has done this before with Cleveland and with the Boston Celtics. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's going to be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. The year 2019. Why do I bring up the year 2019? I bring up the year 2019 because that is the year that Kyrie Irving joined Kevin Durant in Brooklyn by signing a four-year, $136 million contract. Now, as we all know, over the last three years now with the, with the KD Kyrie experiment, that it really hasn't turned out the way that a lot of basketball fans and and Brooklyn in general thought it would turn out to be. So, but my question to you guys is this. What if, what if Kyrie Irving had not decided to join Kevin Durant in Brooklyn in free agency in 2019? What if he had decided to choose to go somewhere else? What if he had decided to choose to go to the Clippers? What if he had decided to choose to go to Dallas or whatever the case may be? What if he had chosen to decide to go to the New York Knicks? Which, by the way, I think if the Knicks can't pull off possibly getting Damian Lillard, which I think that's where Damian Lillard will end up if he leaves Portland and he and he decides to demand a trade. I think Damian Lillard ends up in New York. But if Damian Lillard doesn't end up in New York with the Knicks, I think the second I think the second best option for Kyrie for for the Knicks would would be Kyrie Irving. But that's beside the point. My question again to you guys is: What if Kyrie? had decided to not join Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. I think if I think if if Kyrie decides to not join KD in Brooklyn, I actually think he does go to the Knicks. I I honestly think I I think Kyrie ends up either going to the Knicks or he possibly ends up going to maybe maybe the Lakers or the Clippers. But at the end of the day, we will never ever know. That's why this is what if. What if Kyrie would have chosen not to not to join Kevin Durant in Brooklyn? What if? We'll never ever know. 
But thank you for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, to the I'm Just Saying podcast. I'm your host, Jared Dawkins. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I really, really do appreciate you all for listening. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Instagram at quietsoul24, Q. U-I-E-T-S-O-U-L-24. Again, that's Q-U-I-E-T-S-O-U-L-24 on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook at Jared Dawkins, J-A-R-E-D, Dawkins, D-A-W-K-I-N-S. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate you all. I'm out. Peace.